0: Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Cherry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month, we're discussing barely a book, 27, The Last Hero.
1: I was going to say, it's like, is it a book?
0: Well, it's, okay, let's say this up front. When you look at the runtime and you're like, hey, they cheated me out of an episode this month. Well, we're, we're putting up two. You'll yeah. get this one and you'll get the next one. Which is also kind of a short book. But between the two of them that makes kind yeah, of the, one book.
1: the runtime of yeah. the audiobooks equals about one regular book. Yeah,
0: this one was about three hours, the other one's about six hours. This mm-hmm. was about
1: seven hundred hours.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, you know, we'll talk about that. But but this is a picture book. This yes. was made to be an illustrated book. We did have an audiobook version of it, but primarily it was meant to be consumed visually. Right. So bear that in mind if you were following along and you want to read it. I don't. There isn't an ebook, as far as I know. Like, uh, there isn't a Kindle version right. anyway. Like, which is kind
1: of a bummer, because actually, one of the nice things is, is the art.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it's excellent art, yeah. which we'll talk about. Uh, but let me let me tell you the story. It is a simpler story because it's a short story, and because it's meant to be right sort of uh, illustrated. You know, an illustrated book. Cohen's silver horde threatened to return fire to the gods, so the Discworld invents astronauts again to go and stop them.
1: So long. It's
0: just one sentence. As
1: long as the book itself. One sentence.
0: It's a lot of words, but it's one Uh, sentence. That's about as, that's the best I'm going to be able to do is one sentence summaries. And yeah, so it is a return basically to Color of Magic and Light Fantastic Days.
1: This is, yeah, this is like the greatest hits of the books you didn't want to read.
0: There's some greatest hits of books we do like. Yeah. I mean, Carrot's in it. Leonard of Quorum is in it. Like, better characters from later days.
1: Yeah, but the writing feels very much like the early books. Like, this feels like it was just cribbed from some notes he had lying around, and then he sort of slap-dashed it together. A
0: bit of that, and a bit of sort of deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a there's a whole riff on... Because, you know, the, he he did the uh conan books and all that Mm -hmm. i always say conan it's conan 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 is the talk show host the
1: guy who invented podcasting. yes
0: exactly we wouldn't be here without conan o'brien inventing podcasting earlier this year two things i know about conan Mm -hmm. o'brien he's got an old truck he likes to work on nobody's
1: gonna get that he's got long stork
0: legs (laughs) he knows that's why he wore jorts Um, but, uh, you know, he, uh, Terry Pratchett drew on all those very old sort right. of pulpy barbarian stories. And one thing he didn't do was talk about villains, like the, the, the standard dark lord villain that those guys always fight. And so that there's some riffs there that he hadn't done before, but otherwise it's And same. even
1: those, they were okay. Like it wasn't like. There was some good
0: jokes, about, but it was definitely.
1: It felt early days. That's jokes. what I'm
0: saying. It felt like deleted scenes from. Yeah. From those first two books, but good deleted it seems. Like, but there still. was
1: bits of Light Fantastic and Color of Magic I liked, especially yeah. Color of Magic, well, when, and he felt he, like one of
0: those. Whenever he poked holes in standard tropes of the genre, <laughs> it's like, okay, I get what this is going to be, but you're not quite there yet. Yeah. Excuse me, let me say that like Alex Trebek, of the genre. Genre. Yes. Um, but so much of this... Okay. So I have the hardcover uh, yes. picture book. And I pulled it off the shelf for the first time in... Long time. E- ever,
1: maybe? You flipped through it when you got it, I presume.
0: Yes, but what I, what I was about to say is I got it, I think when it came out in 2001, mm-hmm. because I found a bookmark in there from when I visited Salem, Massachusetts with my now ex-wife and with some handwriting from her to confirm that it wasn't bought online or something. Right. This definitely was when we went to Salem. And so tracking back my my point is I wasn't reading Discworld in earnest then this picture book uh, like appealed right. to me as sort of a casual oh one day I've got to read this and putting that together made me realize that's probably what this book is for it's probably for people who always meant to read this to spot it and say oh pretty pictures short book I'll make this my first Discworld book yeah except it sucked it didn't suck on it those terms sucked it didn't suck it didn't. It wasn't very good, but it didn't suck. You know what's gonna suck? The next book
1: also sucks. Two this... books can suck.
0: Come on, nuance.
1: The suckiest sucked that ever sucked.
0: It's not. It's not all like uh, "carpe jugulum" or suck. There's there's some <laughs> middle ground somewhere. Have you met me? Well, well that's a good point. <laughs> no, I, it, it's like judging it on those terms, grading it on a curve as you've never read any Discworld before Mm -hmm. this is your first introduction to the world it's not so bad
1: just as if I had read if I had read Color of Magic first I would have stopped reading this series if I read this first I would have not read any further
0: you now in your mid 30s yes you younger like when this book came out maybe not Mm. Mm. you are definitely more discriminating now
1: yeah but I've always been kind of a pain in
0: the ass that's that's true (laughs) we've been together a long time I don't know. I like when we get to our grades, Mm -hmm. like I I gave it a pretty harsh grade, yeah. But I would have graded it a little higher based on like if it was earlier in the series, if it's earlier in the series, or if it's your first Discworld book, which, like I said, that's why I told that story that seemed kind of pointless because
1: also because there's not that much to talk about.
0: Well, also that, but I feel like that was the point of this book was to say, first of all, here's pretty pictures of all these guys, Mm -hmm. then. He kind of bent over backwards to include some things that really didn't belong, yep. just just so you could see the pretty pictures. And they are very pretty pictures. This is my good thing. This is good artwork. But also, here is sort of a broad, like like those early books, mm-hmm. it's kind of a tour of the disc. Although we just finished one that was a much better tour of the disc. But and that was also very complicated. This
1: might have been more enjoyable if you, because it's a real, it's like, let's talk about your bad thing.
0: okay. I mean, I get, like I said, I get that it's meant to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect some measure of greatest hits, but it is absolutely possible to write a book like this without repeating all the same old tired jokes. Mm-hmm. The barbarians are old, the wizards are fat and useless, but it felt like leftover scraps. The plot elements seem to indicate that it was written after he'd gotten good. Like, mm-hmm. it follows on after Cohen and the Silver Horde took over the Agatean Empire, like right. which was only about five books ago. Right? Like, there's tons of plot elements here that follow on from very recent books, but it sure feels like he wrote it 20 years earlier.
1: And if you hadn't read any Discworld books before, and you hadn't read these exact same jokes and situations before, it might have been more endurable.
0: Mm, but again, he's repeating, like, I I, I agree, I just yeah. made that, o- that point my own self a second ago, but on the other hand, I can see it from your annoying point of view as well, which is they're not the best jokes, they're not. It's not even the greatest hits. These are like the b sides.
1: This is like the greatest hits of the early years.
0: No, because barbarians are old was never funny, yeah, but he thought they were. I guess that's true. There's nothing new here, and it's still the same tired old thing. what yeah, oh God, I hate at that least so we
1: didn't do any teeth stuff.
0: Yes, yes, we did. Oh, I guess we, we did. did at the very
1: beginning. Yes, we yeah, did. we did.
0: And I hate that a lot.
1: At least it wasn't the whole book.
0: No, it wasn't the whole book. It was just for a minute, yeah. and then Cohen put in his dentures. But no, it did happen. Oh, that's right. I hate when he writes characters with speech impediments. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's irritating. But I mean, I don't like when I read a Star Trek book and someone writes Scotty's accent out. Irritating. Like, I know what Scotty sounds accent. like. Just write the words, and I'll I'll read it in my head with the Scottish accent. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so yeah, that is my bad thing. My good thing, like I said, the the artwork is excellent. Granted, some of the story points seem to exist just to
1: yeah, show like a picture the librarian being there at all.
0: Oh, the librarian! Yeah, like obviously he's one of the most visually interesting yes. characters. You want to show an orangutan who is an who is a librarian, mm-hmm. but. The story contrives a reason for him to put on goggles. Why? Be- probably because Terry mm-hmm. Pratchett wanted to see an orangutan wearing goggles. And uh, okay, yeah, but also, come on, enough. Man. You can do better than this. You're a very creative man. Why?
1: Also, th- flipping through the art book once again. We're in the Cock Forest. This has oh, there's
0: like, there is negative five women yeah. in the, like. There's nothing. There's literally one mortal woman in the whole story.
1: Yeah, so there's Vena, who's like another sort of uh, Red Sonya type character. Hellspace
0: uh, suggested she might be Xena.
1: Uh, right, that makes sense because she sounds the, like Zena, yeah. and yeah.
0: the way her uh, uh, armor is described is apparently very Zena-like.
1: Yeah, but like one of our like barbarian queens. Yeah, she's types. just girl Co- yeah.
0: girl Cohen. She's yeah. also very old. She's got great grandchildren, and that was okay. And she attacked someone with knitting needles, yeah. and it was a riff on she's a grandma, but also she's a right. warrior, and that's fine. But it's still the same joke.
1: And then we had Luck, who's a goddess. Yeah, who's when a lady. we get up to Corey Celeste. Yeah.
0: The entire pantheon is male, except the lady who was previously established as,
1: and everyone else is dudes. And then we meet some Valkyries briefly, but oh, like yeah, at the very, very end. That's in the last, and like, they five have pages. like they have like three or four sentences. Like that's yeah. straight up it. Yeah. And that's... flipping through flipping through the artist, like, do you want to draw any lady styles? No. And okay.
0: It feels like okay. You want to bring together all the popular mm-hmm. Discworld stuff, so. You couldn't come up with a reason for them to divert to Lankra for a minute yeah. and meet the witches. There's there's a bunch there. There's a whole bunch of stuff with swamp dragons. You couldn't get Lady Sybil in mm-hmm. here. Like something, man. But nope. nope. But that's not even your bad thing. You you can't No, with... I just
1: I I just hate that. Yeah,
0: you always hate that. I always I, hate that. I understand why, and I don't love it either. Um, um, but your actual bad
1: thing. Oh, my actual bad thing is, in order, like, so the plot is that the barbarians are going to return fire to the gods. I
0: actually like that.
1: Yeah, which I like, too. And the idea is that they're going to explode up, like, basically Mount Olympus, where all the gods live. Yeah. Um, And it turns out that if they do that, the whole world's going to get destroyed. Uh, so Vetinari and the wizards send... Um, with with Ponder, send uh, Rincewind... Well, they
0: commission Leonard of Quorum yeah. to basically build a, a Like a rocket capsule. ship, yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, Ponder has to go, or um Rincewind has to go because he doesn't want to.
0: That's actually kind of a cute bit. It where is. he's like, I am not volunteering, but I'm going. I'm going, yeah. Also, it did make sense because Cohen's involved and mm-hmm. of all the people involved in this mission, he's the only one who's met Cohen who Cohen actually likes and doesn't want to kill. Yep. So uh, that's fair.
1: There's a there's a bit when they when they meet up and uh Cohen says to Rincewind, What are you doing here, you old rat? And Rincewind says, Saving the world again. And yeah,
0: he rolls his eyes. Yeah. That is, that is quite good. There's uh, there's some glimmers of okay in here.
1: So they um and Leonard of Quorum get in the rocket ship and fly uh, carrot also. Oh, does. and carrots also. Which there. if
0: you want like one strapping like uh astronaut type. Yeah. Like a, a specimen mm-hmm. of perfect humanity to, to send, like like the actual astronauts right. were supposed to be. Kara's a pretty damn good choice.
1: So they get in their little, they get in their rocket ship and they go underneath uh, the disc to come up around so they can get to Corey Celesti mm-hmm. um, faster. It's like a slingshot. Yeah, thing. to stop uh, Cohen. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff, one, we've done it before.
0: Yeah, in uh, Life Fantastic. There was a whole bit where mm-hmm. Rincewind and Twoflower were sent over in a, effectively a space capsule to to see what sex the turtle was.
1: And weirdly, Rincewind pretends like he hasn't done this before, which
0: and there's so much continuity here.
1: Yeah, and, and Terry Pratchett's like quite good at he continuity. he remembers
0: who all like I mean he remembers that Rincewind met Cohen. Yeah, and knows him several times over. It wasn't just as of like, um, uh, what was the book? Interesting times. Yeah. Like he he goes He's, back further yeah. than that, so he knows he remembers the early books. He's not like scratching them from continuity or anything. And
1: like it wasn't just like something that happened sort of off screen. It was a major plot point. Yeah, like that was sort of the point of that whole section. So it was weird that Rincewind didn't remember.
0: It, wasn't it the cliffhanger end of Color of Magic? Yeah, I think and so. I think light fantastic picked up i don't remember exactly but i do remember there was a whole astronaut shtick
1: yeah so firstly yes we did it already it's
0: definitely been done
1: and secondly it's just a bunch of hack astronaut jokes about like ah, ha ha food and tubes houston toilets. we have a problem yeah and yeah references
0: uh-huh no it's it's not the best it's, and
1: yeah it's not funny and there's nothing to it
0: i do like some things about it i do like I hate when things from our world just perfectly Mm -hmm. carry over. I always don't. like That's never been interesting to me. But whenever they diverge Mm -hmm. and the fact that they brought Leonard along and the fact that it's got some weird sort of renaissance Mm -hmm. twist to it, I like. And the fact that Leonard is constantly reinventing it as they like, that's the reason he had to go. He engineered the thing and he's continuing to engineer the thing as it flies. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's very in character for him.
1: Also, the kite looks good.
0: It does. The drawings are of it are excellent. Yeah. And the drawings of them in their uh, astronaut suits are quite good. Like,
1: and I like that Rincewind is always the one that has that they do the testing on. Yeah. It's not Carrot. It's mm-hmm. Rincewind. Rince, no, not always, the perfect specimen. No, it's always
0: Rincewind. It's always the coward. Which is
1: very enjoyable. And I like
0: all the various renderings of him in different spacesuits. Yeah, uh, Always have Wizard mm-hmm. written on the space helmet as well. Just Just so you're very clear yep. who's in there. It's the scrawny one, but still.
1: Yep. it's You have to be clear.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, speaking of the art, there's a lot of very crotch forward pictures.
0: I hadn't noticed that, like, but I guess that's like barbarian stories look like that.
1: Yeah. we have, Well, it's not just that because we've got... uh, Cohen. uh Astronaut and, pictures yeah, look like that too, yeah, actually. Co- all the Cohen stuff is very like, I, I know Because of photography, I know a little bit about how yeah, you of compose course you do. a... F- like a photo or a picture to draw the eye to things mm-hmm. and these are designed like the crotch is like right there where you look well I maybe that's uh,
0: maybe that's this artist's thing
1: crotches and then when we have a picture of carrot uh he's got his protector on which actually is kind of yeah. a nice like his cup that's kind of a nice pull from the old books yeah. but it's also like a lot of crotches in this <sighs> it's a
0: very crotchy book yeah And we had the Swamp Dragons, one of the, but but getting back to the original, like the original things, Mm -hmm. uh, what few there were. So they, they end up overshooting or undershooting because they're too much weight. Because the librarian. Because the librarian's on board for Reasons. reasons, who knows. And he doesn't add anything to the mission. He sure doesn't. And he, I at, like the library. At but...
1: one point, he uh, takes over some of the controls because Leonard gets conked out. And Parrot he's, could have conceivably. He, he's done He's good though. at it because he's good at like playing the organ.
0: Yeah, but... and and he was good at the um uh, something at the at at the drum. Was it like the fruit machine or something? But yeah, but. Oh no, it was Space Invaders! It was like a, a proto, like Renaissance right. version of Space Invaders. But, but like, yeah, yeah. You know. it,
1: there's it's so limited.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I like the librarian. Me too. But what I like about the librarian is not in this book. Nope. Um,
1: and he didn't come onto this deliberately because usually the librarian gets into these things because he's excited and he wants to be there. Yeah, he's this, always swept
0: up in the the latest thing. He's
1: excited. In this, he just sort of happened upon it. He fell asleep, and mm-hmm. then he there he was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And all the stuff in space is pretty, you know, pretty typical. Like uh, they're looking at the disc for the first yeah. time and remarking on how big everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, fine. Whatever. There wasn't it's, a ba- It's written okay. There's a,
1: there's a, yeah, it's a pretty good sequence where they're talking about seeing the yeah, elephant. Yeah, but it's, and... it's
0: also, it's also cribbed directly from things astronauts yeah. actually said. Like, you can't see the borders between nations mm-hmm. from up here and stuff like that. And it's fine, but it's, again, it's already been done in real life.
1: And the art in the book of them standing on the moon and looking at the well, that's what is, I was, yeah. That's
0: what I was building to, is so they undershoot and they have to compensate. And so, because the way the disc world works is the moon just uh, basically floats around the disc. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of how it works here, too. But, you know, like...
1: Like a record player. When it moves
0: when it moves through the sky, mm-hmm. it is traveling very fast through their sky. And so if you jump on the moon, you'll basically be able to jump off on top of the mountain. Right. Which is what they do. And that's kind of clever. But when they're actually on the moon, I thought was actually creative and unique and interesting.
1: And only in this book.
0: For about five minutes. Yeah. There are silver moon dragons mm-hmm. that are the size of swamp dragons, but much more efficient.
1: Well, they're meant... To live on the moon. That's where right. they came from.
0: And they eat stuff that grows on the moon that is efficient fuel. Yeah, that is efficient fuel and not just garbage that's lying around. And
1: and they're beautiful.
0: That, that I liked. Mm-hmm. Like, for a minute, mm-hmm. it wasn't hacky stuff from our world repurposed. It wasn't stuff I'd seen in previous books. There was a glimmer of, and maybe it was borrowed from other fantasy stories, but it still felt unique enough mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, here's something new. There wasn't nearly enough of that, though. We didn't go to any other new place other than that. Corey and... Celeste has been mentioned a million mm-hmm. times.
1: Also, those dragons fart themselves around. Yes. Uh, because that's a better way to do yeah, things. Yeah, it's more efficient than breathing yep. it. And um, that, speaking of the continuity stuff, they they talked about Errol a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. he did that that's too. That's like book six. So yeah. They remember. They, they, yeah, they remember that. And uh, Carrot says. They thought that Errol was a new type of dragon because he farted out his mm-hmm. flame, and it turned out he was just more like the old dragons. Yeah, yeah. And so I... that's something new, but something that also ties the old books together. Like that's yeah. the sort of thing. That's what Thief there should of have Time. Of that. Thief of Time was like all that. Yeah. And then this. And
0: like I understand completely. You have the artist committing to mm-hmm. drawing these beautiful painted drawings of, you know carrot and vetinari yeah. and the library like you, absolutely and you want to write a story that includes the most like popular characters the best characters the most visually interesting characters but the story still has to be something and there wasn't enough of that nope but all of that said the actual barbarian story once it got going once we got past the old like the old jokes was pretty good.
1: Well, the idea of them returning fire to the gods, like we talked about earlier. It's funny. It's it's funny. It's pretty good. Yeah.
0: It's it's their version of Prometheus, Mm -hmm. stole fire from the gods and is being punished forever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? We're heroes. We're going to go out by giving fire back to the gods, Mm -hmm. by bringing five tons of TNT to the top of that mountain and blowing them the fuck Mm -hmm. away.
1: And... I understand why they're angry, they're old, Mm -hmm. and their friends are dying, and what was the point of all of this.
0: And they learn about the disc's analog of Alexander the Great, you know, crying because there were no worlds left to conquer, and like, hey, yeah! Yeah. That's true. And, like, there's some nice railing at the gods for, Mm -hmm. like, you only give us one lifetime, you bastards! There's
1: so much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I like that, and I like that that can exist without contradicting itself between we're so old and tired but on the other hand there's still so much more to do and mm-hmm. we can't anymore like they those two things shouldn't be able to exist together but they do
1: also this is this is a bit mean-spirited but i did like when uh they were finding out about the alexander uh character and he he wept and so then they're like so he's a bit of a crybaby huh uh-huh. and then during the gordian knot thing uh he was explaining it that to mm-hmm. the uh to the barbarians, he's like so. He's, as well as a crybaby, he's a bit of a cheater, huh? Uh-huh. Uh huh. That, that wasn't was, bad. That was a nice bit. The it, thing is, it's in character yeah. for Cohen to say that. But Cohen actually says, "No, no, no, I get it. Cutting yeah. the knot in half is a mythic thing to do." Also, yes. uh, he's probably got an army outside. So who's gonna who's gonna argue? Like yep. that. That was a good bit.
0: And also, he ends up taking a cue from that later when uh fate mm-hmm. challenges him to to roll seven on a six-sided die yeah. and so he slices the thing in half yep. like mm, good job Colin. yeah good thinking oh
1: you know what actually that we were talking about how there's not any really great puns or play on plays on word mm-hmm. in this we were gonna give that a miss but oh, yeah. he actually says before he does that isn't this a naughty problem yeah
0: <sighs> So, uh-huh. then
1: it's not even a ma- an amazing No, groaner, but it's the but only
0: one that comes to mind. Yeah, so. most,
1: like, I sort of combed through again. And I'm like, huh, there weren't really many mm, good ones. I don't
0: remember Al groaning at all. Yeah. Not at that, mm, anyway. Yeah. Mostly at the old man jokes. Yep. Um, But there was some good stuff in there. Like, the story started two-thirds of the way through the book, basically, and that stuff was good.
1: Once we got to cory celeste
0: yeah once it's them and the gods yeah
1: and all right wind showing up with carrot
0: i didn't care about that as much the the uh, meat of the book to me was the barbarians versus the gods yeah. the other guys were just sort of also there
1: well th- that was sort of my that's my good thing is the this idea of what happens when heroes get old mm-hmm. um i remember the first time um I read Beowulf, and I was I read through it, and I'm like, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Oh, and the then, the
0: novel based on the popular Robert Zemeckis movie.
1: Yes, the novel written by Caitlin R. Kiernan, a uh-huh. author I fucking love, uh-huh. who wrote this novelization
0: <laughs> of, of this. Beowulf, which was based on one of the oldest uh, pieces of English literature.
1: I don't know why. Why would you rewrite?
0: Yeah, I don't okay. know. Anyway, but
1: <laughs> um. But I was like, I really, I was really into it and I enjoyed it and I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. And then I read the sort of the last story in the Beowulf cycle where he's old and he's Mm -hmm. a king and like, he's not really a hero anymore. And he hears that there's this dragon and he goes out to fight it, even though he knows he's probably going to die.
0: Yeah. Kind of wants to die.
1: Yeah. Wants to die and wants to die like being a hero. Yeah. And that was like, it was one of those moments where I'm like,
0: oh, literature can do this? Yeah, and and in this, it might be the first time Cohen's had a little bit of depth. Right. It's like he doesn't just want to hack and slash and that's it. There's a little more to him finally and mm-hmm. good. Let's explore that. Nah. Nope, we're done. But there was there was a bit of and that's what saved it from being like a total F for me. Yep. Is there was a chunk of of bit uh, of stuff there that I genuinely liked.
1: Yeah, where he's railing against the gods and yeah, the, mm-hmm. the bit about there's so much to see and do and now we can't. Yeah. And we're too old and yeah. it's over. You only
0: gave us one lifetime. And actually speaking of railing against the gods, this is my quote. Um, so they have this minstrel along with them. They basically kidnapped a minstrel, and this is kind of once again something that's been done in previous books. This was the uh school teacher right. who was originally taken hostage and eventually Stockholm syndrome and became part of the gang, mm-hmm. just like this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they're doing this big noble daring heroic thing they want a saga they they brought a minstrel along to to bard their way you oh, know to,
1: actually that's my quote is about the saga do you oh, want to well, do please, mine first and yeah then please we do go yours? ahead
0: but I, I just wanted to introduce the character yeah. first but, but but yeah so mine
1: do. the minstrel is another one of the, the characters that's kind of a little bit of a new idea yeah.
0: Like, no, I like that. I didn't like that it was an echo, like the same yeah. thing as the school teacher. But when you get past that, but it, was, it wasn't different... bad because they're doing something so big and next level, they really want it to live on in song. Yeah. So, you know.
1: And he he brought a little bit different information, the school teacher, mm-hmm. like from a different angle. No, he's school... a different enough yeah. character.
0: It's just the idea of them kidnapping someone. Yeah. What they should have done is hired him. Yeah. Just and That's all. Just they, brought him along they
1: differently. They did hire him, but they kidnapped him yeah. before hiring him. Uh huh. No, so, they should
0: have just grabbed him in a tavern when he was drunk. Yeah. And then he he sobered up and like, oh, Jesus, where am I? You know, something something just a little different. Because
1: it was exactly the same. It was. So anyways, at the front of the party, Cohen was giving the minstrel some tips on writing sagas. First off, you got to describe how you feel about the saga, he said. How singing makes your blood race and you can hardly contain yourself. That you got to tell him what a great saga it's going to be. Understand? Yes, yes, I think so. "'And then I say who you are,' said the minstrel, scribbling furiously. "'Nah, then you say what the weather was like. "'You mean, like, it was a bright day?' "'Nah, nah, nah, you gotta talk saga. First off, you gotta put the sentences the wrong way down.' "'You mean, bright was the day?' "'Right, good, I knew you was clever.' "'Clever you was,' said the minstrel, before he could stop himself. "'There was a moment of heart-stopping uncertainty, "'and then Cohen grinned and slapped him on the back. "'It was like being hit with a shovel. "'That's a style.' What else now? Ah, yes. No one ever talks in sagas. They always spakes, spakes, like upspake Wolf the Sea Rover. See, and uh people always say are always the something like I'm Cohen, the Barbarian.
0: Mm-hmm. No, was, that that was pretty good. The yeah. spake thing went on a little too long. It did. But at first that was very funny, and this minstrel is a good addition to the thing. And there's a nice payoff at the end where he writes a saga mm-hmm. that's a genuinely stirring song and the the guy he's with evil harry is like that's that I, that's not what i was expecting because it's actually a tune i could whistle it's actually a good song but it sounds that's not like, boring it, it sounds, sounds like, like music
1: yeah but it also sounds like how them. i think of them yeah yeah
0: and i liked that i liked mm-hmm. that he was good at what he did um but my quote is so once they get up there and they're they're milling about with the gods there's this, this relatively new god called mm-hmm. nuggin whose followers will be the, uh, uh, focus of, um... Monstrous Regiment. Monstrous Regiment coming up in a bit. Um, but this is the first time we've met a Nugget Knight, I believe they're called. Uh, the minstrel was staring at a god on the edge of the crowd. "'It's you, isn't it?' he growled. "'You're Nugget, aren't you?' The little god st- took a step backward and made the mistake of trying dignity. "'Be silent, mortal! You, you utter, utter... fifteen years!' Fifteen damn years before I ever tasted garlic. And the priests used to get up early in the countryside to round us up to jump on all the mushrooms. And do you know how much of a small slab of chocolate cost in our town and what they did to the people who were caught with one? The minstrel their, shouldered the horde aside and advanced on the retreating god, his, his lyre raised like a club. I shall smite you with lightning, squeaked Nuggin, raising his hands to protect himself. You can't, not here. You can only do that stuff back in the world. All you can do here is bluff an illusion and bullying. That's what the prayers are. It frightened people into trying to make friends with the bully. All those temples were built, and you're nothing but a little... Cohen laid a gentle hand on his shoulder. Well said, lad. Well said. But it's time you were going. I like... Yep. I'm a sucker for people yelling at gods. I don't know what it is. This is One of my favorite scenes in the West Wing Mm -hmm. is when uh, President Bartlett calls God a feckless thug. Mm -hmm. It's just just one of my one of my soft spots
1: also offler the crocodile god uh has been talking With the whole. A speech impediment. yeah well, i wish he didn't have that yeah. but he's been talking the whole time about how he um prohibits things that people don't care about yeah um so that they're not mad yeah, about yeah not it.
0: garlic and chocolate
1: no he said to nug and like isn't that a bit much i prohibit mm-hmm. broccoli Yep. So that people can be like, well, can't have any broccoli.
0: Oh, well. And
1: then there's another guy who says he's prohibiting the act of some long word. Mm-hmm. And then they ask him, what is that? And they're, he's like, I have no idea. But they're very worried about it.
0: Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. But, yeah. you know, that's about it. Like, I don't have much more unless you do.
1: Uh, some decent veterinary stuff because he's an amazing character.
0: There was a couple of good lines. But mm-hmm. as the book dragged on, it's like, he also was in a weird position where he wasn't in charge. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I understand there are situations like that, but he's not interesting when he has to defer to anyone.
1: There was a pretty good bit where he was talking to Ponder and the two just have no common ground Yeah, at that all. was all right. Uh, and it's
0: clearly like the president of the company talking to the IT guy. Yeah. You are essential here. I don't know what the fuck mm-hmm. you're talking about and I'm just going to stay over here. Mm-hmm.
1: And Ponder says that... Uh, he, he's got too much uh, interest in the humanities to be able to help with this like math problem before he realizes what he said
0: well there's that which is funny yeah but then he what what he doesn't realize is leonard is where those things overlap yep and leonard has named all the levers with very esoteric things that the refer Christian to the knows. classics yeah so it actually does help yep. because leonard you know is supposed to be the quintessential mm-hmm. renaissance man who knows all of the things <laughs> And so he can relate to Ponder for the engineering stuff, but also to Vetinari. Um, I preferred it when Leonard was Vetinari's secret. Yeah, everyone knowing about him. Eh, eh. I don't love that. It's it just it kind of defeats the purpose. Like the whole point is Vetinari's got a secret weapon, and now everyone everybody knows. knows
1: about. Yeah. Well, uh, there was whispers of him before. Like, yeah, I like knew, that. People knew there was something. Yeah, and yeah. there
0: had been a Leonard of Corman, then he disappeared, and yeah. he's probably dead. That's right. fine.
1: Uh, well that Nari probably killed him yeah probably
0: but um near the end mm-hmm. the god's punishment for him is that he has to paint the sistine chapel mm-hmm. i mean whatever the real chapel is like, yeah because he's a renaissance guy okay yeah. um and it's very it's not very clear at the end of the book because the the priest is unhappy he says it's blasphemy mm-hmm. but he says it's beautiful mm-hmm. and that's all we get and i thought okay we're listening to the audiobook. Let's look in the picture book. There's, there isn't, there's a picture of him drawing it, but there's no actual drawing of what he did. And I think what's blasphemy is that he did it so quickly. Maybe. It's just not very clear I for also a punchline. I
1: thought it might be the one where the, what's the, I haven't even, I don't know that much about I don't think art. we're supposed to know what it is. I thought is it might thing. be the one where the, the dude is reaching out his hand to touch God and people, I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I
0: don't think, I don't think we're meant to have a specific image in mind i think we're just meant to well
1: because in now times they say that it's drawn to look like the human brain uh and so the the artist was saying you know what what is god god is the human brain which is which is pretty blasphemous
0: but it also could be renaissance guys doing multiple level stuff yeah because they did stuff like that Anyway, I don't know. I just, like, it wasn't very clear what it was. Like, you had a possible interpretation, I had a possible interpretation, but it could have been more clear. Uh, anything else?
1: Not really. There there wasn't a whole lot in this. Well, it
0: wasn't meant to be a whole lot. It was yeah. meant to be mostly pictures, but the story part, I've read good short stories by Terry Pratchett. He wrote a handful yeah. of short stories that are quite good. He knows how, but this is not one of nope. them. Nope. And this is more of a novella, but still. Just not interested. Uh, okay, what'd you give it for a grade? C- minus sucked. C- minus doesn't suck, it's still a passing grade. Sucked. Because uh, that's what I gave it as well. I'll but... never read this again. No, me neither. But I might thumb through the pictures again, because there are some very good pictures. I won't listen to the story again. Mm-hmm. But uh... Okay, so for our cliche count, because it is so short, uh, there's almost none. Yeah. No sussurations, no surreptitious, no quantum. Something that happens to other people, he managed to work in there once, because yep. of course he did. And only one gingerly. Well,
1: one gingerly's light.
0: hmm Although, I forgot to count this. I was gonna. Uh- the word thrust...
1: It was in it a lot.
0: ...appears in this book 7,000 times. Mm-hmm. Thrust. Thrust. <laughs> all right. That's all for this time. Next time... the last bad book
1: it is the last bad book we're gonna start it now and we are gonna finish it in two fucking days
0: yeah when you when you hear us again it will for us be almost immediately Mm -hmm. because we want to finish this book so bad We're
1: gonna just do that and nothing else until it's over we're gonna pull that band-aid off
0: and then it's the promised land then it's like 12 to 15 excellent books in a row
1: and there's a few that are better than others there's some bees yeah
0: but they're all uh, they're all There's above a sea.
1: No more miserable books.
0: No, so that is exciting for us. Yep. All right. This has been a co-production of Ron Alvarado and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions of Giant Like Albatross. Copyright 2019 and 2020. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com/algar. That's A A L G A R. Thanks for listening.